0: You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast.
1: Hello, bodacious bunch of buds with big bouncy. Brains, welcome uh-huh. to Good Job Brain. You're ooh.
2: glad you said brains. Yeah, uh-huh.
1: weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 62. And of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your quasi qualifying quartet who quibble over quizzes, questions, quandaries, and quesadillas. <laughs> oh, that didn't really work. It's not quesadillas. Not quesadillas. Not I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. Without further ado, let's jump into our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hotshot. Here I have a Trivial Pursuit card with ah oh, with a picture on it. Darn it! All right, I'll I'll come up with something. And you guys have your buzzers, so let's answer some questions. Uh, let's see how I can reframe this. Blue wedge for geography.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Skip it. <laughs> no, 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 I got okay, okay, okay,
1: all right. okay, okay. What? <laughs> What legume's name literally translates to twig bean? Uh,
3: Literally translates.
1: To twig bean. From what language? Do you (laughs) know?
3: That'll probably be too much information. From
1: Japanese.
2: Oh. Oh. Edamame? Yes. Edamame. Soybeans. Yes. Same thing.
1: It's a picture of it. Got it. What is this? Okay. What is this? (laughs) All right, Pink Wedge for pop culture. What baseball player coined the phrase, you gotta believe? Mm -hmm. I have no
0: idea. Everybody's
3: looking at guess. I'll guess Yogi Berra.
1: It is Tug McGraw. Uh, Oh,
3: That's a
0: fake name, by the way. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're thinking Tug
2: McGraw. (laughs) (laughs) Tug McGraw's a real guy. (laughs) Tug McGraw.
1: That's good. All right, Yellow Wedge. What is Times Square named after?
2: chris the new york times building
1: yes Yes. new york times before the paper's headquarters opened there in 1904 the area was known as long acre square purple wedge what ian mcewen novel became a movie starring keira knightley and james mcavoy
3: was that uh, bend it like beckham
1: no. <laughs> Is
3: it
2: Pirates of the Caribbean?
1: No. Oh, man. Are you guys just naming Kira Knightley? <laughs> yeah, pretty, yeah. Much. Pretty,
2: pretty much. Why? What? What? Yeah. Oh,
0: was it Domino? No. No. Shoot. <laughs> what was it? It's
1: Atonement. Oh, oh yes. yes. It was like... They yes. were in, in a movie together. What in was it? It's Cersei yeah. Ronan. All right. Green Wedge for a science. What do you suffer from if you have dichromatic vision?
2: You have colorblindness.
1: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Last question. Orange Wedge. In golf, what is the American equivalent of the British term albatross? Oh, Chris.
2: A double eagle. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Double eagle. A score of three <laughs> under par for a hole. You wouldn't
2: know. I hate golf.
1: <laughs> I think we had that in trivia before. We oh, did. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's definitely so they're like the, the same quiz. thing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. All right. Good job, Brains. So we're in the last month of spring. We have one more month to do all your spring cleaning, even though I've never, ever, ever cleaned. There is a Roomba. And that's <laughs> it. I'll turn it on. I'll press a button. And turns it on. works hard for its
0: <laughs> You have two big dogs. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does.
1: We thought this week we're going to focus on cleaning. My arch nemesis. <laughs> now I go cleaning windows to earn an honest barbara. For a nosy parker, it's an interesting job. Now it's a job that just suits me. A window cleaner you would be if you can see what I can see. When I'm cleaning windows, honey moon in couples.
2: Last week we talked about mornings, your other arch nemesis. I know. <laughs> mornings uh. and cleaning. Are,
1: it's the kryptonite to my <laughs> Superman.
2: I believe that I will start us off with some light like, quizzing about cleaning products. All right. How about that? This super absorbent cloth is sold by many names, but Pitchman Vince Offer gave it this one: uh, Dana Shamwow. The Shamwow. ShamWow. Yes. Wow! Now, when I was a kid, they they called it the Amazing chamois on TV, but yeah. it was still the same thing—an Yeah. Oh. An extremely absorbent cloth.
1: Shamwow is just like. It's just it's their brand. brand. Another, it's a ShamWow oh, yeah. brand chamois. Yeah. Yeah. The Germans made it ShamWow. You know, they
2: always make good stuff. Uh, Pitchman Billy Mays was best known for selling this all-purpose stain remover. It sounds like Colin.
3: That is OxyClean. OxyClean,
2: mm-hmm. yes. This wood cleaner pitched by Mays is made of citrus oil. Oh, It was man. Uh, sold by Billy Mays on television made of citrus oil. Hmm sounds
1: familiar. Oh, Citra Clean. Oh,
2: if only. Um, uh, it's Orange Glow. Oh, Billy okay. Mays Orange here in Glow. Orange Glow. That's right, yes. that's right. Finally, if you're having problems with hard water buildup, Billy Mays will sell you this explosive bathroom cleaner. <laughs>
3: Oh, oh, what is it called? It's... Don't use the word explosive.
2: And the word bathroom in the <laughs> and same sentence. bathroom. Attendance. Explosive bathroom cleaner.
3: Oh, Oh, right, it's the one that builds up the little air bubble. and It's called, like, the, the kaboom or something. It is
2: called
0: kaboom! Yes. Oh, yes! Yeah, nice.
2: Kaboom! <laughs> sure. This naturally occurring cleaning product was originally hauled out of Death Valley, California, by teams of 20 mules. Colin borax borax what? which yes. is a naturally occurring substance called borax well, um, where
1: do they where does it occur mine in nature
2: yes oh yeah. okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah 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 it's a mineral
3: and they um, famously in the package 20 mule team borax
2: exactly hmm. that is that is the trademark of that particular brand but anybody can use borax to refer to the to the substance the package of this popular cleaning product used originally on boats depicts a man based on an image of a US Navy sailor, not a genie. Oh. Uh, uh, well,
3: Mr. Clean. No! <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean was not a genie. Mr. Clean is just sort of based on an image of a sailor with an earring and huh. stuff like that. Yeah. Here's a question for you guys. And I want to see what answer I get out of this, because I did okay. a lot of research into this. Alright. All right. What is soap? What is soap?
0: Uh, what do you mean? What, yeah. I mean, like, what yeah. is it? It's
2: it's a, fat. What is
3: soap? It's a mixture fat. of uh, Life. Not, not quite. I... It's a mixture of lipids and bases. Yes. Uh, yeah. And it it has like surfactant properties, so it it, it, d- it lowers the surface tension of water. No, not what, not what does
2: it do? It, oh, okay. <laughs> but what is soap? It's base, base it's, and lipids. A cleaner. Yeah. Exactly. A basic cleaner. Uh, so <laughs> it, is the, it is the alkali salt of a fatty acid. Now, of course, I have no idea what that means, but you're right. It is when you combine a base or an alkali, right, with uh, with fat, what results from the chemical reaction that occurs is soap. Typically, beef tallow. Mm. That is the cheapest kind of fat. You'll see, like, sodium tallowate listed mm. in ingredient, and that's actually soap. When... Ivory soap says that it's 99 and 44 one hundredths percent pure. What that means is 99.44% of it is the alkali salt of fatty acid, that stuff. And the rest of it is just other minerals that happen to get in there during the process. Mm. You can see Don Draper turning the the board around. No, it's not impure. It's 99% pure. Now, the FDA lays down the definition of like, this is what is soap versus this is what is a detergent. Versus right. like body wash, for whatever purposes. However, as it turns out, if your product does what soap does and mm. is used by people for what they would use soap for, It'd you can just soap. call it soap. Got it. Yeah. You might not have very much soap in your bathroom right now. Right. Like if you have like liquid soap and shampoo and body wash, unless you've got like things that are like a bar of ivory where most of it was made by combining lye and beef tallow, you don't actually have actual soap. The process of combining lye and fat to create soap is called saponification. Put, put saponification. saponification. Sapo is uh, mm-hmm. Latin for soap. Okay. Oh. Yep. Put that back there in the memory banks. Might come up one day.
1: Actually, it would. Yeah. Indeed.
2: Sapo. Saponification.
1: Cool. So speaking of Don Draper and Mad Men and old school tricky marketing, one of the personal hygiene products that always had had trouble back in the day of appealing to the masses is deodorants and antiperspirants mm. Mm.
2: you don't imagine from our standpoint today thinking back thinking that they would have trouble marketing yeah
1: people. in the 1900s even though it's kind of you know the dawn of a new mm. century it's still within kind of victorian proper etiquette mindset that mm. just people didn't want to talk about a body of, odor oh, sure, yeah. okay they don't yeah. want to talk about sweat they don't want to admit that that's a Problem, right? And if anything it,
3: bodily it. was very taboo.
1: Yeah, right. it is.
2: And also, nobody ever. I mean, we don't smell our own body odor; we smell other people's. Really? So you and I can. Well, I mean, you, you can't notice. You can, it. but you don't notice your own as much.
1: So, do you guys know how antiperspirants work? Basically. I think
3: they, they short out your electrical system, right?
1: Whoa, what? They, <laughs> We're uh, all robots.
3: That's why a lot of them have like aluminum oxides and things in them, that they react with your body's electrochemical reactions was my understanding.
1: Yes. Uh, so most antiperspirants contain ingredients uh, that are basically in the family of aluminum salts. And, and the main way is put it in your pits. It dissolves sweat and it creates a thin coating of a gel-like substance and it covers up the sweat glands. So, you actually.
2: So, it goes in your sweat holes and doesn't come out. Shut your sweat (laughs) holes. Okay. Shut your sweat hole.
1: And this coating reduces the amount of sweat that is released onto the surface of the skin. Therefore, uh, you won't smell as bad. Do you guys know what the first commercial deodorant is called? Ooh. First commercial deodorant in America. I'm gonna guess that it's one that still Stop exists. Stop it! <laughs> Stop it is one of the earlier ones, wow. but not, yeah. yes, but not the first one. First one is called Mum. M U M. Okay. And you know when we talk about deodorants, we're thinking of like a stick, and we just put it on in our yeah. armpits. Most of the most <laughs> of the deodorants were like a cream or a gel that yeah. you have to spread with your fingers in your huh. in your armpit holes. So here's the challenge of actually marketing deodorants a copywriter very madman-esque his name is james young a guy he wrote copy and tried to market deodorants for ladies and this is an ad that showed up in a 1919 edition of ladies home journal not beating around the bush like it is (laughs) it is it is very straightforward he says a woman's arm poets have sung of it great artists have painted its beauty It should be the daintiest, sweetest thing in the world. And yet, unfortunately, it isn't always. (laughs) This advertisement goes on explaining that, like, hey, if you want to appeal to guys and you want to keep a man, you better not smell bad.
3: Right. Yeah. Right.
1: So this advertisement actually shocked a lot of people.
3: (laughs) It seems so tame now.
1: Well, no, I'm reading to you guys. You know, of course, it'd be like, oh, my God, like to keep a man. What? They're not shocked about that. They're just shocked that someone is addressing the problem of women sweating and smelling bad so they're all offended and so a lot of people even canceled their subscription to the magazine (laughs) Um, a lot of james young the copywriter a lot of his female friends wouldn't even talk to him they're just really really pissed off at him you know about like how dare you bring up this this (laughs) This problem but the thing is it worked it totally worked he was writing this ad for a, a product called odor oh no and, and, and sales <laughs> rose and, and it was actually successful in terms of selling the product to appeal to women marketers trying to play on the insecurities of women and you gotta keep your man well, then how do you market deodorants to dudes? For a really, really long time, sweat and odor is kind of associated with manliness. Like, right. people who've worked on the farms and labor. It's got and... that
3: musk. Yeah. Over, yeah. Right, yeah.
1: <laughs> Man. Yeah. How, how do we shatter that idea of it? So then, this is what marketers did. In the Great Depression uh, in the 1930s, men were really worried about losing their jobs. And so ads focused on the embarrassment of being stinky and how unprofessional it is mm. and how grooming oh. is
3: important. And don't have this yeah. be the reason that you lose your job.
1: Exactly.
2: Because <laughs> right. you're, you're going into an office. You're going into a working at a desk type yeah, environment you're, versus you're, working in the field. It's
1: tricky because they also had to really set the male deodorant apart from female deodorant. Because if they're selling deodorant, we are like, oh, that's for ladies. No, no, that's no. That's like I perfumey
3: know. and flowery. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: in addition to all the, the, the marketing attitude, they did a lot of stuff to make the product of appeal to men including one example is this company called seaforth they sold the deodorant and like i said it used to be a cream and they would sell them in whiskey jugs <laughs> whiskey is man therefore <laughs> this is your product
3: i could see yeah. a marketer doing that today
1: actually yeah, yeah i could,
2: yeah, I could see i could see old back. spice or somebody yeah, having axe. a line yeah sure yep, just sold in a whiskey jug absolutely totally. but
1: now it's so funny because it's like almost not, I wouldn't say it's a necessity, but it's it's not taboo to buy deodorant. Like, who cares? You know? probably is taboo not to. Exactly. Because they've brainwashed us yeah. thinking that we really need it. Uh-huh. Reminds me of the Listerine thing. Stinky breath wasn't a
0: problem until it was identified as a problem, and then everybody got self-conscious yep. about it. What I like about all these
3: ads, too, mm-hmm. is they all have sort of the, the neutral kind of third party. It's many people are not aware that their breath smells or that yeah. their armpits stink. You know, it's not, hey, you might not be yeah, aware yeah, that yeah. you stink. Well, I want to talk to you guys about the fall and then rise and then fall and then rise again. Whoa, roller cleaning coaster. product. I like it. Phoenix. Uh, yes, it is. Yes, yeah. yeah, like a multiple Phoenix. I mean, wow. Just a quintessentially just American story. I love this one. And as I tell the story, you guys may sort of sniff where I'm going with it, but just <laughs> play along. Play along. Simmer just, down. Yeah. Stick with me so to the pretend end.
2: pretend to be interested the whole yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: uh-huh, like you normally
2: yeah. do when I'm talking. Yeah, yeah, pretend well, to be okay. interested.
0: Wow. Cool. Cool.
2: <laughs> if Amazing. you have something to say, say it on the inside.
3: <laughs> in, until around 1950 uh, in America, you know, most homes used coal for heating. Mm-hmm. This was before gas and oil. This was just a very efficient, cost-effective way to heat your home. Coal is cheaper and heats more efficiently than wood, for instance. <laughs> if you lived in a part of the country where you needed a stove or a furnace, you were using coal.
1: Oh, got it. Not like in the fireplace.
3: Right, yeah. Not for, you know, warm fire. For warming your house. Cheap and largely effective. But one of the problems with burning coal is there's soot. And coal dust everywhere, but from a practical standpoint, having coal in your house means that your walls get covered with soot, and sure. there's coal dust all mm-hmm. around, uh-huh. and it's a big deal of keeping your house clean from soot and coal dust. What was a very common way of doing this was you would have sort of a household mixture. A common recipe for cleaning soot and coal off your walls would you would make up a compound that was flour and water. And some salt and some borax. Good old mm-hmm. borax, which we talked about before. Okay. So you'd kind of, you know, you'd knead these together and it would make like a paste. And what you would do is... You I would, know where
2: you're going with this. Yeah,
3: I figured you might. Okay. And you would roll the paste up and down the wall, uh, your wallpaper in particular, and it would pull the soot off and the mm-hmm. dust off. And it was a very effective way of cleaning your wallpaper. Of course, before long, some companies got in the business of selling pre-mixed wallpaper cleaners. you go to the store, buy a jar of it save yourself the hassle, and mm-hmm. disposable and cheap. I want to tell you about a man named Cleo McVicker. And Cleo McVicker was a young salesman working for a company called Kutol Products. K-U-T-O-L. Yes. Yeah. Kutol. Kutol. Kutol Products. In uh, 1927, Kutol Products was not doing well. The company, they sold mainly soaps, cleaning supplies, household stuff, and the company was was failing. They basically tasked young Cleo McVicker to sell off all of their remaining inventory. Oh. They're like, dude, mm-hmm. just go here, clear us out, get as much as we can, and then we're going to shutter the business because He was so young. (laughs) He was naive. He thought, no, I'm going to make this work. And uh, Cleo McVicker turned out to be such a successful soap salesman that he convinced the bosses to give the company another try. He's like, I can make this work. Look, Look how much soap I just sold for you guys. He brought in his brother, Joe. And Joe and Cleo sort of kept the Kutal company going. In one of uh, his many acts of uh, brashness, Cleo brokered a deal with the Kroger's supermarket chain. And he basically went to them. And Kroger's up to this point had been selling their own kind of brand of Kroger's wallpaper cleaner. Uh-huh. And he went and said, hey, look, you know, let us supply your wallpaper cleaner. We'll give you a better product. We'll cut you a good deal. The Kroger's reps are like, oh, okay, you know how to make a good product. And Cleo's like, absolutely. So then Cleo comes back home. He's like, Joe, we got to figure out how to make some wallpaper cleaner." Uh-huh. <laughs> and as I say, it wasn't a big secret or anything. They sort of just modified some of the homemade recipes. Sure enough, with their foot in the door at Kroger's, they were selling a lot of Kutal wallpaper cleaner, and it kind of became one of the the name in wallpaper cleaning compounds of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so that was in 1933. And, you know, moving forward a few years, things are going along swimmingly, selling a lot of wallpaper cleaner compound. And then the company kind of had to face two, two really bad things happen. One... Cleo McVicker died in a plane crash oh. in 1949. And the second thing was, as I mentioned, you know we're uh, post World War II now, and we're reaching the 50s, and coal was rapidly being phased out as a way of heating your home in America. Right. Particularly, people were converting over to oil and gas furnaces, um. and the coal industry really yes. started to go down. He
2: was making buggy whips at this point. He, right? no yeah. one
3: was buying. No one's buying his wallpaper cleaner because mm-hmm. they didn't have soot to clean off the wallpapers anymore. Yep. So around this time, Joe McVicker. Cleo's brother his wife uh, spotted an article in a homemaker's journal uh, magazine kind of thing. And the article was talking about cost-effective ways of decorating your home for Christmas. And they featured a little tip. You know, you might imagine kind of like a Martha Stewart living kind of thing of Mm -hmm. using wallpaper cleaning compound to make your own Christmas ornaments. So you roll it out and you could use like cookie cutters and stamp it out and it would semi-dry and hang it up that way. And she realized, wait a minute, we can have a (laughs) whole new life of this wallpaper cleaning compound as a craft and toy. And arts and crafts supply. Yeah. So, Chris, I'm pretty yeah. sure, has Yay. sussed out where we're going. Yes. No they decided to rechristen this product under the new name. Play-Doh. Yeah. Play-Doh. Oh,
1: I was gonna be like Elmer. <laughs> <No. laughs> yes,
3: and you know, sure enough, stories started coming in that a lot of teachers in classrooms like, "Oh yeah, I use it with my kids because it's safe, it's non-toxic, it's made with stuff that you can mix up at home. Yep. If the kids eat it, you know, which a lot of kids it's do, it, it it's made good. of flour and yeah. water. No. It, it does right, not right, yeah. taste good. It's, it's so salty. Taste... I I actually like the way it tastes. I, so I will admit, yeah. kids um... eat boogers
0: though. <laughs> yeah, that's, <true. laughs> that's true. why Colin likes it. <laughs> right. awesome. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's me and boogers.
0: Yeah, I'm on a
3: yeah 30% booger diet. <laughs> by volume.
1: <laughs> oh, yikes.
2: So they... Uh, <laughs> sorry. By uh, volume. Uh, ew. Ew. Not 14... by weight. <laughs> yeah. Not by weight, because that would be gross.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're just kind of loose.
2: <laughs> like, anyway.
0: They're like kale. Yikes.
2: Sorry. <laughs> All right. So they
3: started yeah. distributing the product, uh, Play-Doh, under the name Rainbow Crafts, because it came, and in fact, there is still the classic pack. It came in three tins of red, yellow, and blue, blue. Play-Doh, and uh-huh. you can mix them together, as you know, if you know your color theory, to make any other variety of colors that you want. And it is still non-toxic. It is still largely the same ingredients, and everything in there has a function. The borax works to prevent mold from growing in the Play-Doh. Uh... Um, they, add, uh, they add a few more things to it in the modern formulation. They add some oils and other things like that and, you know, obviously artificial colors and, you know, some fragrance. Mm -hmm. But it is essentially the same stuff that started off as wallpaper cleaning compound. Yeah. Wow. Which you can
2: now use to clean your wallpaper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. P.S. You you can still use it to clean soot If you have any soot, if you're you're still burning coal, (laughs) if you're that one family in America that's like, I'll be a coal man till the day I die. (laughs) This newfangled oil.
3: From the 50s all the way on, more or less in a straight line, it was just success after success for the play-doh company now owned by uh, hasbro i believe
0: wow that's cool Mm -hmm. too bad cleo didn't get to see that it is just the the
3: very cusp of yeah i think he would have loved the reinvention of the company absolutely dana you
1: shouldn't play with play-doh because it has gluten in it (gasps) <gasps> uh, i don't eat it <laughs> that's a big concern that because there is gluten, gluten allergy we, yeah i guess oh. if you're handling it if it yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah if you
2: have a severe gluten allergy yeah. then yeah it might yeah. i don't
1: know wow that's genuine wow <laughs> not con- okay con- <laughs> not, those not fake wow wild. yeah. yeah exactly yeah. that was
3: the one out of 10 case there <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: all right let's take a quick break a word from our sponsor welcome back you're listening to good job brain and this week we're talking about things that are clean so fresh and so clean (mumbles) (music) (music) all right
0: i have a quiz for you guys i call it as clean on tv it's about.
2: <laughs> Wait a minute.
0: It's about characters who are maids or butlers oh. Oh, or housekeepers okay. on TV shows. Oh man!
1: Okay. I'm glad I
2: didn't think of the pun as clean on TV. Well, I, I also
0: had like I only clean on TV, clean on clean on TV, like lean on me, and then I was like, if I have to explain clean it, it it's a bad, no, it's yeah. a bad pun. <laughs> we, we don't want to see how the sausage
3: is made, Dana. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> say it. Say it in your head. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, it's... laughs> First one.
0: So I'll give you the name of the TV show and maybe what the domestic role was, and then you tell me who the person is, who the character is. All right. All right. The Brady Bunch. The maid. Everybody. Alice. The Jeffersons. The maid. Karen. Rosie. No.
3: Florence.
0: Yes. You're thinking of the Jetsons. You're thinking of the Jetsons. What'd you say? The Jeffersons. Jeffersons. Oh. Yes. Florence. Yes. (laughs) Sorry fraser the housekeeper chris daphne daphne yeah the adams family karen uh, lurch yes oh uh, okay who's the boss uh, <laughs> <Everybody>. <laughs> tony tony. Tony, maselli. tony. maselli yep the simpsons chris
2: uh sherry bobbins
0: that's the nanny oh i'm talking about the janitor sorry
1: groundskeeper willie oh, okay. groundskeeper Bra- uh, okay
0: downtown abbey the butler there's oh. a lot of household oh. stuff on that Man. show
2: oh um I mean Bates is the the valet but yeah. I don't know who the that was I was say. gonna say it was Bates yeah. yeah
0: Mr. Carson oh Mr. Carson yeah okay Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Butler
3: <laughs> was that uh Jart Jart Jart, Jart Je- oh, uh, Jeffrey. 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 Jeffrey Jeffrey oh Jartus Jart to Iron Man <laughs> Jart, Jart, Jart Jart Jarts Jarts <laughs> is it Jorts? <laughs>
0: Batman the Butler Alfred. Alfred. You know his last name? Pennyworth? Worth? Yes. Pennyworth. Wow. Pennyworth. Yeah. All right. So this is a special little category. I have two women. They were both mm. maids in the original show. Okay. And then there was a spinoff show that all they right. were on, and they were not maids on that show, but they were the same character. All right. Okay. All right. Whoa. I'm so, with you. All right. First one, Maud. <laughs>
3: Uh, That was Florida, who Mm -hmm. later went on to uh, Good Times. She was the mom on Good Times. Yes. Wow. Florida Florida Florida. Evans. Hey. Yeah.
0: And different strokes. Edna Garrett. Yep. Who
3: was their housekeeper and then went off to uh, Facts of Life.
0: Here's another little special subsection. These are butlers who are also the titular character
2: (laughs) of the show. Okay, sure. All right.
0: This is a butler to a sports writer's family. Chris. Mr. Mr. Belvedere. Yes. Oh, you're Chris now? Have we oh. switched names? Zip, zap. <laughs> <laughs> zip, zap, <zip>, <laughs> This is a butler to a prince. Jeeves? No. Oh, that might... Nope. This is Blackadder. Oh! oh
1: yeah. yeah, that's good. Oh, I should... Oh, man.
0: All right. Butler to a governor. Colin. That's Benson. Yes. And this is a bonus. Benson was a spinoff of another show.
3: That was a spinoff of Soap.
0: Yes. Wow. Man, you guys watch a, a lot, lot of, of TV, TV about domestic <laughs> <surroundings,
3: like. laughs> Well, so, Karen, earlier you were talking about uh, deodorant and underarm application. Totally. So I would like to talk about what may be the most famous armpit in America. Totally. Uh, the Statue of Liberty's arm. Yes. Oh, that <laughs> was big deodorant yeah, stick. There was
2: a 1980s. You know, raise your hand if you're sure. That's you know, right. Sure deodorant, mm-hmm. and they showed Statue of Liberty with her, you know, with her arm up. But no, in all
3: seriousness, I want to talk about the the mammoth undertaking of cleaning the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. Talked is about some cleaner? some small not, scale cleaning no. at home, and not they just her pits, the, not just her pits. They don't clean her as often as they should, as it turns out. In advance of her 100th anniversary, yeah, uh, in 1986, 1986. That's right. <laughs> And we should interject, you know, in case you have forgotten, Chris is a major Statue of Liberty fan. I'll say fan, fanboy. Yeah, uh, fanboy. Fan boy. Yeah, fan yeah. mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, feel free to uh, jump in Little and embellish as I go. Call them Liberty heads. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, Liberty heads. <laughs> Little torches. <laughs> yeah. In the early '80s, they they realized, wow, you know, we're coming up on 100 years here. We we got to do a restoration and really clean this up for the big celebration that they had planned for Fourth of July, 1986. Did and, she look crappy? Well, they had never undertaken a serious cleaning or restoration from the day that she was installed uh, until the 1980s. They had done virtually no maintenance cleaning and upkeep of it. And when they started inspecting it, a lot of things they found really scared them. I mean, there was metal being eaten away in places and buildup of, you know, oxidization and debris. I mean, it's right uh, by the
2: sea. yeah. So, you know, lots of salt water. Right. Right. And, you know, maybe
3: 1880s. Engineering knowledge and technology, old. right? right. Yeah. You know, in some respect, it's amazing that it held up as great as it did. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I was I was a kid, but I was old enough to remember when this was going on, and it was a big deal. Like I say, they started in 1982, so they had a four-year plan. They announced, you know, wow. like they announced, you know, the Statue of Liberty is going to be closed to the public for a year, a right. solid year. So they started the plan. They put up this giant scaffolding that covered the entire statue. They took the torch down for mm-hmm. restoration. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a confession to make to you guys, and I don't know if I've ever told anybody Uh-oh. this, but Mm-hmm. As a kid, so when I heard, like, oh, they're cleaning the Statue of Liberty, you know, take Sir her Nere. clothes
0: off. No, <laughs> no, <laughs>
3: no. I, I had this vision, you guys. That... <laughs> Karen
2: has a confession to make <laughs> five seconds ago.
1: That's what, that's what I would think if I were a kid. They're, yeah. they're, they're put her in a shower,
3: <laughs> just spray her down a giant bottle of, yeah, giant <laughs> green boobies. Yeah. <laughs> I I was under the impression that when they say clean, they're like, oh, it's like they're going to get rid of all the green, you know, like, oh, they're going to scrape all the green off, off. you know, because, like, I knew that, like, copper, you know, as as we've talked about, she is made of copper, copper oxidizes, so I quickly learned at the time when adults told me, like, no, they're not taking the green off. The green, do you guys know what the technical name for the green patina on copper is? It's Verdigris. 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 Right. And Verdigris is is a good thing. It actually protects the copper. And, you know, more to the point, it had been a 100 years of people associating green with Statue oh, of
2: true. Liberty. Oh, it's true. Oh, people yeah. don't know that the Statue of Liberty was, was not originally green.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Were there pictures of it? Like of a brown They statue? were
2: black and white. Yeah, they were black so, and white, unfortunately.
1: yeah. They uh. say it
3: took a few years after being set up. They say it was not, I oh, mean, so it was it not very fast. Yeah, it took okay. a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. once it was set in her green color, they wanted to protect that for, for many reasons. And in fact, most of the cleaning, I learned, was taking place on the inside of the statue. Yeah. They did very little cleaning oh. on the outside. As oh. I say, the very does a pretty good job protecting the copper. You know, they'll clean off the bird poop, and they'll, you know, get off just dust sure. and debris. But
2: that's not a four-year project. <laughs> <laughs> no.
3: So the biggest job was cleaning the paint off the inside of the statue, which mm. was like seven layers thick in some places, and had toxic paints, it had coal tar-based oh. paints. And so when they're like, all right, we've got to protect the inside to protect the metal from rusting we got to do this in a way that doesn't use any harsh chemicals you know they didn't want anything that would leach through and damage the patina on the outside they went through a lot of alternatives of like different chemicals or sandblasting and all these things turned out to be unsatisfactory when they're exploring them and they came up with what i thought is a brilliant solution for cleaning off all the old paint on the inside what they did is they sprayed the paint with liquid nitrogen which instantly freezes the paint solid. It shrinks and cracks and loses Peel. all of its, and it just falls off. Right. Huh. And uh-huh. I thought that was such a brilliant solution. It took them 3,500 gallons of oh liquid my nitrogen. God. I mean, okay. it, she's a big lady. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, Billy Mays here with liquid nitrogen.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the last couple layers of paint, though, as I say, were, were really tough. They couldn't get them off using the liquid nitrogen uh-huh. trick. So they, again, they had to be really delicate and careful. Play-doh. And I thought this was not a bad guess, Play-doh. It was a very common household substance they used. Lint rollers what? What? They used what? It was a very common household substance. They used baking soda. Huh. They used uh, commercial grade, <laughs> apparently, of baking soda. Oh, yeah. Donated by Arm & Hammer, yeah, of Natch, course. Of, of course. course. Brilliant, sure. brilliant opportunity to get their name in, good American company. So, yeah, so they essentially, you know, sandblasted the last couple layers of the, the really sticky, gross paint off using mm-hmm. uh, baking soda. Mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned earlier that there were some places where they had just eaten all the way through the sheeting. Like, oh. you know, it was just holes in 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 the fabric of Mm. the outside. What the restoration team did is they, in some places patched up the holes with copper that they took from the rooftop of Bell Labs. So the famous, you know, scientific pure research, Bell Labs, they had a copper roof that had almost the same degree of patina <laughs> and almost the same color verdigris, oh, and they worked out a swap where the Statue of Liberty supervisor said, we'll give you some of these old metal that you guys can use for research or study yep. if yeah. you give us essentially patches, little swatches <laughs> of, your of your roof that they can plug in from the inside of the statue. And that from a distance, you wouldn't be able to tell. They said there was one interesting thing they noticed when they were cleaning. So I mentioned they were using the baking soda, you know, it's not airtight. And so the baking soda would come out through the rivet holes or some of the gaps in the in the sheets. And they had to be careful uh, if they don't wash off the baking soda, it turns the patina blue. They would just wash off with water on the outside, but it kind of complicated the process. They had to clean from the inside and then wash it off because, like, yeah. people don't want a uh, copper color Statue of Liberty, but they sure as heck don't want a blue Statue of Liberty Oops. either. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> hey, Matt. Did you know that wombats poop cubes?
3: Nope. Never heard that before.
2: Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken?
1: I want to talk about another large-scale cleaning operation. And I'm going to start by, obviously. <laughs> is it your it, bedroom? <laughs> the oh. Roomba has that covered. Don't
0: yeah. worry
2: about oh, it. Oh, right. It that yeah. Covered. Sorry.
1: So I have a quote here from Walt Disney. And he said, when I started on Disneyland, my wife used to say, but why do you want to build an amusement park? They're so dirty. I told her that that was the point. Mine wouldn't be. Mm. It wasn't until I, I read this quote that was like, that is true. Disneyland, to me, is impeccable. It's cleanest
2: cleanest place.
1: So clean. And I compare it to other amusement parks or, you know, similar places. And it's like, man, those places are gross. You have, like, Mm -hmm. gum everywhere, trash everywhere. and
2: Cigarette butts.
1: How do they clean Disneyland? And it's an amazing operation. Disneyland is pretty much open. Every day of the year. So, you know, Mm -hmm. when do they do the cleaning? They do it when the park is closed. Everybody goes home. That time window, midnight or so. Yeah, 8 hours. 8 a.m. is when they do all of the maintenance, the cleaning, the Mm -hmm. gardening, everything in the dark. Mm. And it's amazing. So they have, for Disneyland in Anaheim in Southern California, they have a crew of 600 people. Uh, gardeners, painters, Mm. custodians, decorators, mechanics, engineers. And for the gardeners, this is when they trim. They look for aphids, Mm. everything in the dark. They have headlamps and floodlights (laughs) i was imagining
3: like a little army of uh, custodial crew with night vision goggles You know, (laughs) probably it's like zero dark 30 but they're trying to take out wads of gum yeah
1: (laughs) it's almost kind of dangerous because you can't really see that well everything's in the dark and they have decorators who check the gates who check the paint and they have a special type of paint that will dry before the guests enter the park and they would apply it when needed and speaking of gum Gum is actually not sold anywhere in the park. Oh, really? Oh, okay. All right. Yep. Very smart. Sure. smart. But, that is smart. of course, that doesn't stop people from bringing their own gum. And sure. there still is gum. So they have people who would scrape gum everywhere. They would check oh, yeah. bottom of the handrails, you know, oh, on yeah. the street, yeah. in the trash can. And, of course, I mean, Disneyland is a eccentric place. So we also have eccentric, specialized cleaning crew that is needed, including... <laughs> Four certified divers who collect oh. trash uh. in attractions that deal with oh, water. Water features. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jungle Cruise <laughs> and um what used to be called 20,000 Leagues Undersea. Now it's finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Divers who go in with oxygen tanks pick up trash that people oh, yeah. throw. Yeah. We
2: uh we were just at this was at Tokyo Disneyland. Somebody had dropped something into the water. <gasps> and you very rarely see this. Somebody drops something into the water by the by the place where you board the boat. Uh and as our boat was coming back in we see a dude (laughs) he is wearing the most ridiculous crazy contraption of a thing underwater grabber you've ever seen in your life (laughs) and basically it has the arm that that grabs whatever it is in the water but there's camera attached to it and he's wearing like glasses that have the camera so like He's seeing underwater with this thing. Uh, it, I, I snapped a picture of it. It was nuts. So yeah, they've got some serious like equipment for cleaning and or pulling things out of the water. They don't mess around, right?
3: And this is a little more mundane, but I think you know we got to mention too that like even just the army of. Guys with the little sweeper broom. Piece of paper hits the ground, it is picked up. That's the thing. Like So you're talking,
2: we're talking about like, oh, well, they clean in the eight hours, you know, between closing and opening, but it is clean all day. It is. You never find a cigarette butt or a wad of gum or a piece of trash in the ground. And you know people are throwing stuff on the ground, but they
1: just clean it up so quickly. Indiana Jones is a ride in Disneyland where- it's very – it jostles people. Sure. People would drop things. I didn't know this was a problem until I read this and from a LA Times article. They actually went to go see what happens after dark in Disneyland. In Indiana Jones, it's a lot of special effects, right? There's a room. There's these ghosts that are projected by light on screens and supposed to be spooky and scary. Apparently, a lot of people like to spit <laughs> on the ghosts. Huh. Oh. Like hawk loogies. What? Is that a cultural yeah. thing? On maybe? what ghosts? Was... And so the, the Disney cleaners or, or, or custodial <laughs> <No>. crew actually <laughs> developed a special saliva cleaning solution <laughs> to clean the spit that gets caught on the, the screen pro- oh, you know, the, projecting yeah. the ghosts. Is that gross? It is gross. <laughs> it's gross.
2: Maybe it's like cul- there's yeah. something at It the could goes. be a cultural, oh, or cultural thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's, it's like a bad luck yeah. Yeah. superstition or something. Uh, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> like enchanted tiki room which is a room full of uh robot birds that yep. sing one guy who is a mechanic would play that through and through all night to make sure Every I mean, there are hundreds of bird oh, robots oh, oh. Oh. Yeah, to make sure yeah, each robot is functioning. It's clean. The wings are flapping the right ways. Yep. They're turning their heads oh, yeah, the right true, way. You
2: can't. Cool. I mean, you know, you always go to other amusement parks and you do something like that, and like one thing's broken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Not at Disney. <laughs> not at Disneyland.
1: And uh, speaking of Mickey Mouse, that's not the only mouse that's in the park. Uh, <laughs> rodent is a problem like wherever, there yeah. Yeah, yes. wherever there are people. Yeah, wherever there are people. But somehow, years ago, and it's kind of a mystery feral cats started showing up in the park um maybe because there's food maybe because there's a mouse population and there's also like different little natural places that the the cats can seek shelter so they live in by the park's trees and shrubs during the day out of sight from the people and at night they venture out i think as of five years ago it was estimated 200 cats Live in Disneyland and California Adventure Park. Hmm. And do they sort of have like the tacit approval of the. uh... So instead of actually evicting or getting rid of the cats, they're animal wranglers. They control the feline population and they would bring. They would make sure that these cats are spayed Mm. or neutered and they would find homes for all the kittens that are actually born. (laughs) You know, on the premise, it, yeah. there are dedicated feeding stations wow. on the property that feed these cats hmm. that live, and then they in do Disneyland the, the
3: rodent control,
1: and they keep the rodent population down. Got That's it. smart.
3: Hmm. Yes, yep.
1: And that makes me think, oh man, do all the other amusement park have a giant rodent problem? They might Probably. do the
3: same thing. What's really cute is they make all the feral cats wear the little Mickey Mouse <laughs> hats. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. they take them in to fix them. That's part they
0: of put, yeah. Yeah, they <laughs> glue the hats to their. heads.
2: <laughs>
3: Yeah.
1: so cute.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can pretend they work there. Yeah. Like They, can... they do. They're, well, they belong there. They're right. cast members.
2: Yeah, yeah, they'll do pin trading with you.
0: Yeah.
2: You can They're find cute. one. They they'll little, never little break character you no. Know. Oh no, no, that's the best. They, yeah. Will, yeah. they will
0: pretend to be feral cats yeah. all day long. Yeah, all the way to the ER, <laughs> <AR>. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and they attach themselves to your face. <laughs> Happiest place on
1: earth. <laughs> Disneyland has never disclosed how much money is spent on the After Hours Maintenance. But it's probably up there. It oh, is probably up. I'm there. I'm sure
3: they spend more on the maintenance and cleaning than some other companies spend on their entire operation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, probably mm-hmm. amazing. That is really, yeah. amazing. That's really
1: Cool. I'm actually surprised we didn't talk about cleaning butts. Oh, what? Oh. oh! Like I'm very know. proud of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually huh. did look up toilet paper. Yeah, but there was nothing really. It, how, it got how a little many bit sheets too gross? on a roll. One thousand.
2: Yes. Probably wasn't too hard to uh, to get people to buy toilet paper. It wasn't wasn't like a, a tough marketing pitch. I'm What's the
1: use case for this? I'm a corn
2: cob man, and I'll be a corn cob man <laughs> the day I die. I
0: like how you were like, I'm proud of us, and then you make us talk about it yep. for five <laughs> minutes. You know that we will the moment you bring it up. Yep. It's like, oh yeah, let's talk about cleaning about cleaning poop, butts, mm-hmm. and poo.
1: All right, time for a last quiz segment. Is there poop involved in this one? No poop. Oh, uh,
3: other than what you guys bring to it. Okay, yes. right. sorry
1: you guys, yeah.
0: sorry <laughs> listeners.
3: I put together a music quiz for you guys, and even one better. It's our favorite kind of music quiz. It has a theme to it. All right, now I want you guys to bear with me on this one. This one's going to be a learning experience. I'm telling you right off the bat, there are some one-hit-wonder tricky ones in here. Okay. So don't feel bad if you don't know the name of the band or the name of the song, but... I guarantee you, you have heard almost all of these songs. So even if you don't know the artist or the name, keep working on the theme, and I think you guys will get there in the end. All right. So what I'm going to do is I will play you guys a short clip of a song, and your task is to tell me the name of the song and the artist singer or band performing the song okay. uh, that's your that's goal of the first goal of the second is uh, to tell me what the theme uniting all of these songs is at the very end mm. okay so again gonna be some hard ones don't get dispirited stick with me all right here we go we'll start you off with an easy one Alright,
0: song Song
1: two. two. Blur. Yes,
3: Yes. blur. Blur. Song two.
0: I got my head checked.
3: Alright, here we go. Next one. And I I dare you guys not to smile or laugh when you hear this song.
0: (laughs) Alright, the challenge has been set.
2: Y'all ready for this? I have no idea.
1: Y'all ready for this? Whoa! Ready? No, not C&C. It's something else. Is this C&C? It is not.
3: This is it's... another. There's a lot of one-hundred-one-hundred. Oh, That's on Jack jams. Uh-huh. Jack jams number one. It is. Get ready for huh. this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Oh my god! Something boys. Uh, two. <laughs> oh, two. Yeah, you're on it. You're on the right track. Ah. Oh, what is it 2, two Unlimited. Unlimited 2 Unlimited uh, yes
3: the number 2 2 yes, Unlimited yes, yes, <laughs> yes. alright <laughs> right, here we go next oh, one. okay for this oh yeah. so the theme yeah there may be some red herrings okay we'll see <laughs> here we go next one
1: Man. What's no
2: idea. What's the that. song? Yeah,
1: Gary Gary Glitter, right there. Yeah. Yes, Gary, Gary Glitter. Oh, yeah, yeah, Gary Glitter. Yeah,
3: okay. Glitter, that's right. Yes, the proper name of the song is Rock and Roll Part Two. But <laughs> colloquially just called the Hey song. Okay. Huh. Is there a part one? There is a there's Rock and Roll Part One, Rock and Roll Part Two, but that's the one that everybody okay. knows. Okay. Alright. Okay. Alright.
2: It is all right. Survivors Survivor. Eye of the Tiger I indeed the tiger. Survivors In Eye
3: the of the, the tiger. tiger And again all of these songs are prime pub quiz trivia yes. songs They uh, love sure, the one-hit wonders um, the Survivor, Yep yep, right. yep. Mm. Here we go next one
1: Na, 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 na. Yeah, we all know the chorus <laughs> yeah. there, yeah. Everybody seems to know Anyone want to take guitars. a stab at
3: the band um, or full name of the song? I do not. Goodbye. This is Na Na, Hey Hey, Kiss Him Goodbye. Kiss okay. Him goodbye. By Steam. Steam. Oh, okay. Steam. File oh, that one away for your pub mom, quiz. My mom
2: has a pair of drumsticks that were signed by the drummer of Steam. That
3: <laughs> really? is the most awesome thing I've <laughs> I heard in a long time. I think they might have been in a, a,
2: long a time. Connecticut band maybe I don't know they're living on those royalties to this day
1: yeah because that song gets covered left and right
3: alright here we go next one (laughs) <laughs> Everyone, oh, the, the, oh, that song. Yeah. What is it? Anyone want to take a stab? Don't even. Don't feel bad. This is a tough one. This is uh Zombie Nation. Yes, yes, oh, yes.
0: Okay. We talked yes! about this before. Yes! and they, yeah. they
3: say the lyric Zombie Nation in the song by KernCraft400. Oh
1: my God.
3: Yes, with two K's in there. KernCraft400. Of course. All right, I won't close this out one here. Mm.
0: You big disgrace kicking your can all over the place singing we
1: "We will we will rock you all right and that one of course we we will will queen
3: we
2: will rock you
3: all right so So it's not the number two it's not the number two Uh, that was my 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 maybe too Uh, obvious red herring yes karen Shock jams
1: sports Songs
2: Or stadium
1: songs. Yeah, stadium, stadium songs. songs yeah. That's right. These jock are all jams. songs
3: that are frequently, perhaps to the point of death, played mm. at sporting events and stadiums and arenas around the world. All right. Well oh, done, cool. guys.
1: Yeah, jock jams. <laughs> I love jock jams. All right. And uh, that's our show. Thank you guys for joining me. And thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned a lot about armpits armpits mm. of Statue of Liberty, <laughs> cleaning products, cleaning characters on TV. Mm. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and also on our website, which is goodjobbrain.com. And check out our sponsor at bonobos.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. See ya. Bye.